Hey everybody, my name's Johan Philip, And I'm Matt Carvel. And we are live! Every Tuesday afternoon for Live Lunch. That is the place that we take the Sunday teaching and we have a discussion about it. We unpack the different themes, ask some different questions, and we're inviting you to get involved in it. Have a listen or submit some questions, that's all. And we have food. So if you want to find out about some good eating options around Brighton and Hove, tune into Live Lunch. Well, we get fed physically, but you get fed spiritually. Uh, Tuesdays at 1pm live on Instagram then the video does sit on YouTube and podcast if you'd like more information about how you can join in with the conversation at Live Lunch we are emmanuel.com forward slash Live Lunch we are live we are live we are live we are live welcome to the last episode of the series we've been looking at the book of Matthew uh, the final third of the book of Matthew I think kicking off um, post the transfiguration uh, Matthew 18, if I'm not mistaken, and 17. Matthew 17, and we are at the end of Matthew. Next Sunday is our big Easter service, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we are looking at the resurrection. And the, I think the last bit of verses in the book of Matthew, mm-hmm. um, and that will be the end of our series. We are going back into Genesis, looking at the story of Joseph. Uh, after that, I'm not sure what our plans are for live lunch. We say this every time. Um, so Will we get commissioned another se- season? <laughs> Badger, give yourself yeah. a bit of wiggle room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Uh, Badger Joel for another series of uh, live lunch if mm. you are so inclined um, or if you so desire. Um, Easter, we got Easter happening at all our four locations. Um, mm-hmm. We are looking at the message of the resurrection and really the, the climax hope is here. You know, why does the, the message of the the death and resurrection of Jesus bring hope or hope does it bring to us increasingly in a world where hope is hard to find and we, it seems like hard we're going from one by. crisis to the <laughs> next um, is there hope for is there hope for us and what hope does Jesus and his death and resurrection something that an event that happened 2000 years ago what hope does it bring to us today we'll be looking at that along with that message there's um, fun stuff planned across all our services we've got East, some combination of Easter egg hunts and kids activities and hot cross buns and stuff happening across all our yeah. locations so more information at weareemmanuel.com forward slash services or easter uh, yeah, forward slash easter that's a better link um so this sunday we were at the foot of the cross mm. we were in matthew 27 uh just pff, so good um tobes you preached on um you brought about how jesus serves humanity uh, by being on the cross and Tim preached at our Oasis location and looked at the solidarity that Jesus showed to sinners. And I'm intrigued. So, Tom, do you want to kick us off? Like, you know, um, it was brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, I haven't listened to yours. <laughs> I actually did the, the 10K on uh, Sunday morning. Oh, did you? Uh, before the marathon. Yeah. And I was running with two other friends uh, who shall not be named, but they chose to like run a few meters ahead of me. Uh, we said, oh, we'll run together. To they they went up ahead of me. Uh, and I was like by myself for most of, <laughs> of my 10K. And so my last 5K, uh, about halfway through, I said, you know, I'm just getting my pre- the preach out. I put my AirPods in <laughs> so I listened to Toby preaching on the cross. <laughs> and enjoyed my the last half of my uh, 10K because I spent that with Toby. Best way to do it, yeah. The cross. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. Tobes, um, I would love to hear, why did you choose like serving and service as something to preach? From this, and then Tim, maybe we come to you. Why did you solidarity? Mm, mm. Well, I think yeah, even there's so much there, yeah. isn't there? You know, you can look at the same passage and draw out different sort of themes. Um, I went with service um, because um, what we 
we talk about the cross pretty much every week, um, and there's a there's a point to that. That's that's right, um, because it's uh, absolutely central. You were saying that positively, not like we talk about the cross every week. <laughs> no, yes, absolutely, truly, yeah, it's positive. Yeah. Um, um, and so it's an opportunity um, just to really slow down and look at some of these elements uh, and the intricacies of what's actually going on at the cross, which we, we, we don't really see. And so um, I focused uh, on the, the symbolism of um, what the crown of thorns meant, what it represented, what Jesus was doing, uh, the robe. I touched, I think, on the, 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 the reed, which was a scepter, um, and ultimately how Jesus is, is serving us by saving us, um, by uh, redeeming um, uh, us from the curse. Um, uh, and I, I went back to Genesis chapter 3 and, and articulated um, not all of it because you only have the time you have, but three key elements, um, the thorns and thistles, uh, the curse of childbearing or in childbearing and also the curse of death mm. um, and so that's really why I went there to, to link the beginning of the Bible with the culmination of the Bible which is Jesus uh, in his glory king of heaven dying for me on the cross so that's that's why let's come back to those three curses because I have a question about that as well uh, Tim do you want to quickly tell us why it's your solidarity yeah I, th- I think um, you just see an increasing solidarity uh, throughout throughout Holy Week of Jesus with with the disciples and with humanity, and uh, you can see that there's a progressively intense identification going on right through to um, identifying with the, you, know, you know the depths of the experience of death, and then even even as he says it is finished on the cross, which we should thoroughly believe. He says it is finished, uh, and we can we can ask what's finished, but that. All of the saving work is done at this point, but nevertheless, he goes and shows even more solidarity. He goes, lays down with the dead in the tomb. He goes right down to the the, the pit to Sheol, as it would be in that, that Old Testament thought, um, so that even even there he can proclaim good news. Yes. So he can bring life in the midst of death. Oh, questions, then, questions, yeah. questions. Um, okay, where do we begin? I guess the, the starting question. Um, why this way? Why did it have to be this horrific, gruesome death on a cross, the, the Son of God, that he had to go through? Was there absolutely no other way? Uh, and I don't mean, you know, Jesus did pray, Father, find another way, but no other way, then yeah. it will be done. Um, but literally, yeah, what, was there no other way? And then I guess the follow-on question is, why is this message a message that brings us hope? Great. I mean, I mean, so there's the patristic phrase that says, you know, what is not assumed is not redeemed. So uh, the experiences that Christ doesn't walk through and recapitulate for us uh, are not redeemed. So he walks right down to the depth of the depth. You know, remember where he's come from. You talk about that he emptied himself. You know, he's come, come from glory into the muck and then not, not just into the muck, but to the depth, to the bottom of the sea. Um, and you think of those old psalms which say things like, you know, even if I go to the depths of the sea, I can't get away from you because you're there. He's fulfilling that stuff there. He's showing, he's showing that kind of solidarity mm. right down uh, into, into the very pit. Um, you, things like Jonah, who's in the fish and cries out, you know, even from the depths of Sheol, I call to you. Well, there's good news there because the, the true saviour, the real the salvation of Yahweh is the one who goes right down mm. to, to the bottom, to the depths of the sea to the fish and, and pulls, pulls Jonah out and mm. uh, pulls us out um, yes and there's a total identification um, with uh, types of suffering and types of sorrow and types of sin uh, which 
you, you just, the more you probe it, the more you see as well. If you ask yourself questions about modern types of suffering, like the Me Too movement, for example, um, which, uh, you, you know, something that's had a light shone on it over the last few years, you think to yourself, well, how, how does Jesus participate in this? And I read a strange, what I took to be initially a strange paper, academic theology paper um, a while ago talking about Jesus and the Me Too movement and I thought hello what, what's this this doesn't this seems to be coming from the, the left field here but reading the abstract I realized they were saying you know Jesus the type of death he chose included this this make himself vulnerable to the shame the exploitation the nakedness and actually in that the sufferer of these particularly you know, modern, modern and ancient. Obviously, so there's nothing new under the sun here. But, but these things that we talk about now and say, how could Jesus know? How could he care? Mm. You're like, oh, the the genius of the Lord that he's walked this path of service, where he goes, goes into the depths of the kind of exploitative suffering, which he, he he could have chosen another way, so to speak. But he mm. knew what needed mm. to be done in terms of identification and redemption. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow, <laughs> that's deep. Mm. Um, I think as well, um, you know, in terms of the um, um, God, God wanted to ultimately God's looking to glorify Himself on the earth. And in terms of was there another way? Um, I think you know, Jesus you know, prays that, and the answer from heaven was well, heaven was silent, mm. um, which implies that there wasn't another way. Um, and ultimately, um, in Jesus suffering in this way, it shows. It shows so many things, which is why there's rich fodder to preach from every week and look at the cross from different angles, different ways, through different stories. Um, but it shows how gruesome our sin is. Mm. Um, it shows how ugly it is. It shows how dis- how profane it is to, to God that, that, that this perfect, spotless Lamb of God, the King of Heaven, would have to come down and, and suffer in this way. It, it, it speaks of it speaks of something, and in in as well as teaching us about how our sin isn't to be kind of messed around with or played with, it shows, it gives God great glory. And uh, um, that there's no other um, formation of things, no other way of putting salvation together that ultimately would have achieved more glory for the Lord than this way. Because if there was, he probably would have done it that way. Um, but in his infinite wisdom, he perceives that this way um, is the most glorious way um, for him and the most joyous way for us. Um, and, and that's very much why um, right from the beginning of the Bible it was spoken. You know, you see it in Genesis uh, 3, it was the Proto-Evangelion, um, uh, which is the first gospel, you know, like the, the, the first time the gospel is hinted at. Um, I'm so glad you explained that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to impress Tim. Actually, uh, Tim's given me an extra uh, we point there. We slip, slip into Latin and Greek casually. <laughs> it's just normal dialogue. So, so yeah, that's just a, a bit, a bit more about perhaps why uh, God did it this way. Was this the only way? Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. yeah. That's it. Looking at what He's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. the the three curses that you mentioned from Genesis, um, mm. the thorns and thistles, so the pain in work, the pain in childbirth, yeah. and then ultimately death. Um, are these three curses random? Or why is there any reason okay, we can work out that? Was there any connection? <laughs> uh, why those three? Yeah, so I, I, I think that they are certainly um, not random. I think when you look closely at Genesis chapter 3, um, you see that God first, um, I try not preach this, but um, God first turns to, this, to the serpent um, who sort of deceived the man and the woman, and then he turns to the woman, and then he turns to the man. Um, and 
in, in, in speaking to the serpent, he, he pronounces curses on the serpent, one of them being that you will crawl on your belly. So it could be, I guess, implied that the serpent didn't crawl on its belly uh, up until that point. Um, and so there were curses specific to the serpent for the part that the serpent played. Um, and uh, and then he turns to the to the to the, to the woman, and he uh, pronounces curses on childbearing for her part in uh, the uh, in the fall of humanity, um, speaking into something of her. Um, should I use the, I'll use the word domain if you like. Women give birth, men don't, um, and so that was a curse specifically to her. And there are other things that God said, um, but yeah, I focused on the childbearing thing again for time. Uh, and then he turns to the man. And he, he, he talks about thorns and thistles, um, which could be taken as, a, as I mentioned in the message, a general kind of um, the, 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 the toils, hardships and pinpricks, as I say, um, of, of, of life. But it's really focused on in the world of work um, mm. and when you look at what God's saying. And so the specifics there are God cursing the spheres of, um, okay, I guess, influence, perhaps influence isn't the right word, but the domains where the man will spend the majority of his time, the woman spend the majority of her time, and the snake spend the majority of his time. So it's its time. So it's literally focused on those uh, elements. And then death, of course, is a, a universal uh, a universal one. So no, they're not um, random. They're very purposeful, um, and they impact the, the day-to-day life of each of the um, personalities involved, the people involved. I think, you know, just to say they all relate to life, Mm. Um, so the, the the probationary command given by God, which is not a moral command, it's a relational command. He says to him, uh, it says to the so unpack that when you say it's not a moral command. Yeah, so they don't know right from wrong, and, yeah. uh, and it says, you know, they eat the fruit, and they like like the Satan, the serpent says to them, mm. you'll know right from wrong. You'll be like God, you know. Mm. That's the appeal, mm. and it's half true. You know, they will know right from wrong, but not the way that they mm. want to. Um, anyway, the, the the command says, you know, in the day that you eat of it, you'll surely die, which is super strong. Mm. In the day that you eat of it, you'll surely die, which leaves us the problem. Is like, they don't die. Actually, God provides for them. There's grace shown even in the midst of judgment here. Um, and we've got to remember that humanity is not God's enemy. It's not humans who are God's enemies. This is the Satan who is judged as the enemy. And uh, the woman has made the alliance with the Satan, which is, or the, the serpent, which is immediately broken off by God. He says, you know, no, actually, this thing that you formed, not allowing that, judge, judging him pure and simple, judging the serpent, but I'm, not ju- uh, I'm breaking off the alliance that you've made, you know, and you might tiptoe back to this, but, but I'm breaking it because you're, you're my image bearers. This is not my image bearer. Mm. So, so there's the judgment there. And then the extraordinary thing which I see is that the Lord, by his, his you know, infinite grace, just takes hold of them. And like, you, you know, like with a sapling and you put a guide next to it to cause it to grow straight, he, he restrains the extent of the judgment that actually the, they, they're amazed, I think, that life goes on. So the two the two curses are to do with life like going on, which he he says in pain you will bear children. There's a you you're going to bear children. That that would be new new news to them, concerning what they've had said to them previously. And then curses the ground because of you, but you're going to get food out of it. It's going to be a, it's going to be hard now, but but life is going to be sustained and life is going to continue you see this in verse 20 of chapter 3 where it then says after all of this stuff by you know by the sweat of your face you should eat bread verse 20 next verse the man called his wife uh, wife's name eve 
which, which happened because, after the fall. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and and happens directly after this the curse pronounced, uh, because she was the mother of all living. So he, it's it's him giving praise. It's like life. I'm going to call her life because it should be death, but God has said life, and He's going to say life in its totality in Jesus, who's coming to undo death. That's that's the point. So he he doesn't just come to undo these kind of benevolent semi curses, semi blessings, but actually to restore life in its fullness. So Brilliant. I think it's great that Tobes mm-hmm. went to, to mm-hmm. three to say, let's talk about the entrance of death and the exit of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with yeah. Jesus, you've got the, the killing of death by the death of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is incredible. Like right through scripture, you see all these themes like weave through mm-hmm. that nothing really in scripture. Well, I mean, not an accident. I mean, it's just random stuff <laughs> that keeps happening. It's, it's so intertwined. I came across this, this image the other day of all the connections across scripture there's somebody drawn a timeline of scripture so starting from genesis up to the book of revelation and then just mapped out yeah. where like scripture goes or connects yeah I can th- or there's stuff I know, that happens I know in the new testament mean. I love that. yeah it's, it's quite extraordinary <laughs> that yeah. this even like the things that um so, so for the, the simple thing of uh on that on the cross we mentioned this in a previous live lunch episode uh the soldier came up to jesus and noticed that uh, well, they went around breaking the bones of the mm. neighbors, to, of the neighbors, of, of the of the thieves, so the, the 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 two criminals who were being crucified on either side of Jesus, mm. uh, to to quicken the process. They they broke their bones, uh, but did not do that to Jesus because they found he was already dead. Yeah, which links back to a prophecy uh, in so. in the Old Testament yeah, yeah. where it says none of his bones will be broken. Yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. Extra. like those those um, soldiers didn't know that they yeah. just didn't break his but bones. I, I think it's true that the most prophecies of Christ um, that he fulfills are fulfilled yeah. in in one day, which is yeah. which is on the cross and when, when he ha- has no control, humanly speaking, yeah. over over the thing. But he but he's walked the path of obedience yeah. into the fulfillment of those things. And it's yeah. one of the great um, witnesses to the truthfulness of. Of the Bible, I think when I think about how how do we know this is all true, um, there's a four or five hundred year gap between the Old Testament and the mm. New Testament, uh, so much so that there's a whole religion, um, Judaism, that doesn't subscribe to the to the New Testament teaching. Um, so it's not that someone's put these two things together and said, right, that's going to link there and that's going to link there, as if someone could even do that, even if they did, you know, mm. tried. Um, but there's a huge gap. People generations passed, and then Jesus comes in. It's impossible mm. um, for someone to fulfill all of these things in one life, mm. in in that particularly mm. unique unique way. Right. Um, right to the point of where he was born. Right to the point where he was born, <laughs> yeah. how he would die, things that going into Egypt, control, yeah, yeah, things that he would never have been in control in of. Yeah. And so that's one of the great witnesses to the deity of, of Christ. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Mm. Um, the other question is: you talked about. Um, Jesus experiencing hell on the cross was that the phrase that you used I don't know because I, I, I know that that is um, it's, a, it's a classical reform thing as well so you, ha- you have that in Calvin and Luther yeah, mm. yeah. so he um, so I, I, let, uh, let me I'll make clear what I um, didn't or certainly tried not to say yeah um, Jesus didn't go to hell um, on the cross he didn't go to that place um, but what I, um, I, I, I believe I said <clears throat> and I, um, was um, that Jesus was experiencing the essence of what hell is. Um, and then I, I tried in, as best as I could to, um, um, I used kind of um, a contrasting. And so the experience of, um, I can't remember what I said now, but the experience of feeling uh, uh, of being se- the experience of being separated from God. So I use the word experience because 
whether he was separated or wasn't separated is a cause for debate. But mm. certainly he, 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 felt, he felt that that way and, and he cries out in that passage, my God, my God, why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? So the experience of feeling, feeling um, separated from God, yet the experience of being very much face to face with God mm. in judgment. And, and, and being I, God, yes. And being good, um, yeah, absolutely. And and so I went through, I think six, um, to 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 sort of ex- try and paint a picture of for of what he was going through there. Um, certainly, Jesus did go into um, uh, into death. He died, and he was um, in kind of Sheol, Hades, if you like. Well, certainly Sheol, if you mm. like, the place of the dead for a period of time. Then, of course, he he rose he rose from from the dead. So, and you've um, got that confusing verse in Peter where he talks about he descended into hell. Mm. Uh, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, no, it, it's uh, a matter of it, translation, it, it, but yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, and, and so, um, so that was that was kind of what I was saying, and and and, and I, I find it, I've, I, it's a bit of a strange thing. I find it helpful. I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot, there is preaching out there that will um, be ungracious and focus on hell, 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 um, as a as a way to kind of almost scare people into the kingdom, which, which. I don't believe is right. We we don't believe is is right. Um, but I found meditating on Jesus going through the judgment of God on the cross um, and uh, has been very helpful um, to to me. Not to um, scare me anywhere, but it's it's grace. He went through that experience that Jesus went through is grace. And so, in my crafting of of the message, I sought to bring that out, not to place it on people, although the reality of hell is very true and mm. we don't want to deny that but place it on Jesus and see what he was willing to endure for us as and to emit uh, the grace that comes from that that wow look we can go free and be be pardoned so that was kind of what I was looking to do brilliant um, yeah, I mean there's definitely things that you've got you've got to affirm that he bore our transgressions on the tree that he was he was stricken for our sake, you know, which all of these things, which I, Toby's being being careful to wrestle with, and uh, just to, to not say things, you know, you know. And I think the creed uh, to hark back to the creed, it says, you know, he descended to the dead, or he descended to hell as well. So we, when we were doing our creed series a few years ago, we had to wrestle with the same thing because we're like, well, hell is this place of final judgment, which isn't instituted yet and it's, like, well, it's at a different point in time it clearly can't mean that and actually realizing that there's been a sort of uh, mushing of different translation over the years that that hasn't been entirely helpful mm-hmm. i think i think focusing on these points of sin bearing of mm-hmm. identification with us and um uh, again you don't you don't want to talk about a separation in god because we've talked about a united trinity that's forever yeah. one and yeah, three yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and doesn't pick and choose about these yeah. things um it so is, it's, it is but, really but, but then he does we got to say in the scripture there's a cry of dereliction there's a yeah. my god my god why have you forsaken mm-hmm. me and it's given voice in identification to david's cry yeah. as well saying that well i'm crying that now and I, i'm crying that in a deeper way yeah. so i think i think toby's been really careful about trying yeah. trying to walk around what's very difficult yeah. it's uh, such a complex it yeah. is it's like as to it's like trying to thread a needle yeah. live on your feet <laughs> in a preach in front of uh, however many people are there it really is because it's it's so intricate these yeah. things and, and there's 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 a lot that we don't there's, there's a lot that we do understand mm. and know um, but there's there's mystery mm. there as well that we can possibly and you kind of get so caught up with the emotion of the cross and, mm. and what's being what's happening 
this this transaction between God the Father and God the Son, and also this transaction between mankind and and God. It's, you it does you do get caught up in your emotion. Like that is not just a story that you read and, yeah. and glaze over yeah, yeah. and move on. It captures you, and you want and, to be careful about it. And God and the devil as well you know yeah, yeah. That, 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 to me that's a really important yeah. part because you if, if you've got those other parts yeah. it's emotional in, in a sense of like oh uh, you know this is heavy for me but it's heavy in terms of its triumph mm. it's heavy in terms of its victory in mm. Term, mm. like the, mm. this is the ultimate reckoning mm. uh, the ultimate deliverance from your captors mm. the, th- the thing that really keeps you in prison mm. and it's being destroyed to the mm. utmost mm. as well so it's emotional yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you were yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you, I remember you you talking to me about this is that you do get um, the war between um, God and man is finished. You're mm-hmm. at peace now with, with God, which is extraordinary. So the grace and peace that uh, you get through the cross is the is the peace that you have with God, which is just extraordinary. Yeah. It is just, uh, yeah, I and mean, we've come to the end of our time on Live Lunch, but wow. I think my, part of my own salvation journey was when the cross just became. Like, I remember being able to say, oh, Jesus died on the cross and moving on from that conversation. Like, yeah, whatever. Um, like, it, it didn't mean much to me. Mm-hmm. And then there was this moment when I had some really powerful preaching on the cross where I was like, whoa, wow. This is way more than, like, me just saying Jesus died on the cross for me. This this just gets into my gut. Wow. And, yeah, you know, I, I, my, my, I really hope that people who heard you guys preach on, on Sunday, that there's something of a... It's been, like, 14 or 15 years since I heard that preach. And it's, I think it still sustained me in my walk with God uh, regularly I'm thinking about yeah. the cross regularly no, I'm you, saying you often say you know, uh, yeah yeah like <laughs> thank you Jesus for, for the cross we can mm. you can I, I think you can you can overcome pretty much anything in life when you're at the foot of the cross yeah, you never, just lose, like, never lose the wonder oh, exactly and, yeah. there's, and there's some incredible songs out there as well which just help you put into words some of I mean I'm not very good at verbalizing communicating some of the things in my heart maybe because there's lots in my heart going on but there's just some extraordinary songs out there where you can just sing and yeah it's just oh I love it I just so thank you guys I appreciate what you did I, I didn't I feel like you guys did really well Toby did really well sorry Tim if they recorded I, your I assume talk. you did really well <laughs> I'm sure you did it was, well. it was a joy it was, um, yeah yeah, so I guess it's a joy and a burden. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know about you, but honestly, yeah. look for two or three weeks, staring you live with it. day and night at the crucifixion of justice, spitting him in, in his face, yeah. read day and night yeah. as you prepare. It to be it it, <laughs> it it does it does something to you. Yeah. You know, it's just you just feel weaker. You just feel kind of and more thankful and more <laughs> and more great. Yeah, yeah. it just. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. a wonderful. Yeah, thing. dear brother, thank you, thanks, man. Like you've carried that for weeks diligently. Mm. Not just turned up on Sunday morning and spouted, but well, well done. Mm. Thank you. Both all of the preachers and Graham, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Graham did, I'm yeah. sure, did a fantastic job. I've heard good things. I had some great conversations with him over WhatsApp this last week or two, which, which you, see, he, you can see he's living with it the same way. Wow. It's just like, yeah. Um, it's a pr- any quick resources to point people towards? Cross of Christ by John Stott. <laughs> Massive. Yeah, got, yeah. got the best one in first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, any other resources that. Oh, um, The Crucifixion by. Oh, Fleming, Fleming Rutledge. Yeah, that's that, that's, yeah, it's a bit, bit more, um, yeah, a bit more demanding, perhaps. But, but it's, it's well written and, mm-hmm. to, yeah, just an edifying read. It's Any other a lot on the recapitulation stuff in there. Yeah. But. Anything, Tom? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm. You know, 
I'm big on sort of Alistair Roberts stuff. Uh, I've yeah. said it before. Uh, great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of his. And, uh, you know, and there's other guys, people that people would know, people like a John Piper, for example, and um, and Terry Virgo. I mean, if you're able to find um, a Terry Virgo preach uh, on, on, on the cross, on the crucifixion, um, do it fantastic stuff I'll give one which I don't I don't think loads of people want to read but I did uh, with my Brighton Theological Reading Group did your uh, Brighton did, Theological Reading yeah, Group yeah, wow we, we, we read a text and had a discussion night on Friday on um, a book called Mysterium Pascale which is by um, Hans Urs von Balthasar who's a Catholic <laughs> theologian from Jess, the 20th you got century that for the get, it, get, it, get, it, get it in the links it's I've seen the subtitles at, say at, at, at that point at, it's absolute scorcher but, wow. but it really influenced being kind of this, this idea of intensification of identification which has the result of having, like the sure and certain conviction that Paul has about resurrection oh, that's please can that we get that in from. the description yeah if you yeah you might need to like <laughs> message us the I'll send you the story Jess <laughs> yeah that's absolute scorch guys thanks yeah, so much Tobes we spent like half an hour together without talking about Wrestlemania that happened across yeah. this weekend no, <laughs> no, doesn't usually happen yeah. uh, Tobes and I watched Wrestlemania we caught up on it last night it was wonderful yeah, yeah. was it Tobes I'm, I'm publicly outing you as a yes you are WWE thank you so much for joining us on the season of, of Live Lunch see you at Easter Sunday <laughs> <laughs>